Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to Orchid Blooms Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown, and I am your host for this podcast, Orchid Blooms Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Orchid I Brown. It is now the second week of March. And we are celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month in Canada. Since I started 2022 on topics geared towards mental health, I feel that I have been spreading awareness on mental health with almost every episode. So I have done enough. But I feel that I have a lot of topics in my closet that I can pull out that is geared toward mental health awareness. And so I will be continuing the topic on mental health awareness even past March, even past this month that has been dedicated to talking about mental health and building awareness and letting people know that they're not alone in this fight against mental health issues. So I there there is definitely more to come when it comes to topics on on mental health. Today is also International Women's Day. So ladies, do something extra special for yourself or your mom. Do something nice for you. I mean, go hang out with your friends, have a girl session, wine it out, eat ice cream, whatever you want to do. I know it's winter outside and yes, it's cold. So if you're the adventurous type, you can go for a walk naked in the snow if you want to. (laughs) If you are a woman that haven't done it or if you are a woman that have done it, I bow down to you um, in that situation the only time i have ever been half naked in the snowy winter is if i'm getting out of a hot tub or a sauna trust me i've done it before learning this uh, canadian lifestyle and trying to be more canadian braving the cold and and you know acting like i'm good yeah no (laughs) i definitely needed the hot tub and the sauna to warm me up and I think, you know, getting out of the hot tub in a sauna in your bathing suit and running inside while there's steam coming off of your body, it's, it's, it, was, it was different, that's for sure. But the point is to do something fun and celebrate being a woman. That is all I'm asking from every woman that is listening to this podcast episode. I hope and pray that you did something fun for Women's Day. So just a quick update on myself. This is something I kind of skipped over in the last... Actually, no, I didn't. The last podcast episode, I feel like I just kind of went directly to the point. But other than, you know, this season being a busy time of the year for me... It will only get busier from from what, you know, based on the plans that I have written down and the timelines that I have and all the things that I have to get done. This spring and summer will be eventful and hopefully filled with success. That's what I'm hoping for. Come spring and summer, I'm going to be working my ass off, literally hit the ground running once this weather has, has cooled down. So to unwind, I decided to finally watch Squid Games. I put it off long enough uh, because based on the people that recommended the series they are thinkers just like me and i needed to pay attention if they're if they are recommending it it means that that this this series is really going to keep my senses going it's the storyline is going to be very good and i wouldn't want to miss anything so based on the people that recommended it i was like all right 
I need to not be watching one episode at a time because number one, I'm a binger. There's no way I'm not going to binge an entire series. But two, if I'm going to watch this series, I'm going to have to sit down and watch every episode. Like if I have to get up and use the washroom, I have to pause. If I have to go to the, the kitchen to grab myself something to drink, I'm going to have to pause. Like I can't miss anything because again, they're speaking Korean and and I, I don't speak Korean, so I'm going to have to read the subtitles. I am not going to be able to just get up and walk away and still be able to hear everything and understand everything. And I just didn't want to miss a thing. But man, Squid Games was a very special series. Very special. You would think, you know, the blood and the gore would have been the point that just frustrated me or caused me to just be like oh my god like some people were going online and saying it's so violent it's so wrong like we need to get it off netflix let's boycott it off netflix in my mind i'm like if you don't want to watch it just don't watch it like don't come up here and and try to to speak for other people who you don't know so I, I personally don't mind blood and gore. Like those are the type of movies that I, I liked growing up watching. I think the only, you know, scary movie that really killed me was Jaws. And then there was Candyman. And uh, I think like when I was younger, I remember watching Chucky and Chucky got me because as a child, Chucky would get any kid, you know, it's a doll. <laughs> Um, so for me as an adult, I, I wasn't really worried about the blood and the gore and, and what I was watching, but there were just some things about this series where I was like, what? Like even when it first started, the first episode, I really wasn't sure that I even wanted to watch it because literally the, the main character was a complete loser. Like every single time he did something, I was just frustrated. Like this, this series definitely made you feel you're like, how are you a grown ass man older than me and behaving like a complete child? You have a daughter, you like all of this stuff, like go ahead and get a job. And so I finished the first episode and I was like, all right, I, I, I can try. Like, even though I just don't want to see this guy anymore. But then once they started actually getting into the games, I was like, yo, there is so much to learn from this series like, I don't understand how people are like, oh, I watched Squid Game High. I was like, I wouldn't be able to smoke some weed and sit down and watch Squid Games and not and be OK, you know. So I was very happy to to be completely sober, drinking water, watching this this series and and just being like, wow, like every episode was almost powerful because it really taught you about life. It really taught you about the world. It taught you, you know, what you are a slave to, you know, the, the slave master and, and um, slave mentality, which I've spoken about in previous podcast episode. And it just kind of touched on so many things. And so I don't want to tell, you know, too much of the story away, but even when it ended, I was still frustrated. I was shocked out of my mind. But I do want to talk a little bit about my favorite character, which is the old man, in the beginning of the episode, I remember the first game. And the funny thing about it is I think like three out of the two game or not two, three out of the how many games that they had um, in the series episode, I can say that I've actually played as a child. So anyways, the first game I was like, I remember this. I, we used to play this game when we were kids. I forgot what it was called, but everyone was kind of freaked out playing this game because, you know, 
if you turn around and you move, you get shot. And I was laughing because I was like, why is the old man so happy? Like the old man is so happy. Like he's playing the game and he just stops and he has the biggest smile on his face, even though people around him are getting shot to death. And he's just so happy to be playing. And so I was like, man, this old man, this old man is the best, just the best. And I mean, definitely by the end of the series, it was a complete shock what happened next but i was still pissed off at the main character in the last episode because i was like buddy all these people gave their lives for how much money and you have all of their money because at this point they were willing to give their lives for money and when they lost their lives you got their money and what you did with it was nothing you just had it sit there in a bank you did nothing with it you didn't even try to fulfill their promises or nothing. And you were just sitting there in poverty, not using your own money for an entire year. So I was pissed. I was like, man, if I was the one that had died in that game and, you know, you lived and you have my money that I lost after death and you're just going to sit on it and not do anything. Like, I get it. You're depressed. You've literally saw your friends die. You've watched your friends die and you you couldn't handle it and then you came home and then you, you know the one person that loved you unconditionally you found this person dead so he's been traumatized completely so i understood but he just dropped life and i was like damn like you couldn't have just mustered the strength to just do right by these people that you so-called love and then go into a pit of despair you know like normal people you know so and even when he was supposed to get on the plane like i was so pissed i was like get on the plane get on the plane go see your daughter get on the plane get on the plane and go see your daughter and right when he was about to board the plane the plane you know the stupid dude from he literally kept it he has kept his his character this entire time he decided to to turn away from the plane to go so he was supposed to go visit his daughter the daughter he, he couldn't fight for because he was broke. He turned away from the, the plane after speaking to his daughter on the phone saying, hey, I'm getting on a plane and I'm coming there. You got you turn around and you, now you're you're going on a different mission. And this mission could keep you away from your daughter for a really long time. So I was like, I am just so frustrated with this character. So frustrated with this character. But at the same time, I kind of really liked his character in the games. I just didn't like his character outside in the real world, if that makes a little bit of sense. So Squid Game was awesome. It really was. And I might decide to binge it again because, like I said, every episode was like a teachable moment. You literally learn about life and about people. And it was just so, so good. It was well done. Well done. So if you have not watched Squid Games, I promise you, watch it you will not regret it now that i've gotten that out of the way because i really wanted to talk about squid games because it literally blew my mind i just loved it um this week's episode is on emotional intelligence i had asked myself the question orchid why are you doing this topic and i had to really think about it because honestly i i don't know because most of the time, I do not have emotional intelligence, especially if I'm under stress or I'm angry or things aren't going my way. I don't exhibit emotional intelligence at all. So I am hoping to learn something by, you know, learning about what is emotional intelligence with today's 
podcast episodes. So we we are going to do this together. <laughs> so if, if you don't know what it is or if you do know, just walk with me. Just just come on this journey of, of learning more about emotional intelligence and hopefully we can apply some of these things to our lives and be much better individual to ourselves, to our family, to our friends, and to the world. Emotional intelligence, also known as EQ, so emotional quotient, is the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in a positive way to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, and defuse conflicts. Emotional intelligence helps you to build stronger relationships, succeed at school or work, and achieve your career and personal goals. It can also help you to connect with your feelings, turn intentions into actions, and make informed decisions about what matters most to you. All of that sounds great. Let's learn something today. Your IQ can help you get into college, but it's your EQ that will help you manage the stress and emotions when facing your final exams. This was a great example, but my translation for that statement would be book smart versus street smart. If you want to survive or thrive in this world, you will need both. Just like IQ and EQ are built off one another, it isn't the smartest person who are the most successful or the most fulfilled in life. You probably know people who are academically brilliant and yet are socially impotent and unsuccessful at work or in their personal relationships. You know, this kind of reminds me of Squid Games. So I'm very happy that I started this episode by talking about that series because in the show, there was this unsuccessful fuck up, which I mentioned, the one that frustrates me, and the book smart nerd. They both grew up in the same environment. And, you know, a lot of people will say that depending on someone's success, they can be successful if they were just raised in the right environment. But in this case, you had two boys that grew up in the exact same environment. One turned out to be a fuck up and the other one went on to to do better things. And so I call I'm just going to call his uh, when I talk about him, I'm going to call him the book smart nerd. His name in the series um, character name was San Wu, but I'm sure I'll just stick with book smart nerd. If you haven't, if you haven't watched it and if you have watched it, and you don't remember his names because like, I really can't remember all of their names. I just, I just remember the characters. Um, I'll, I'll just stick to just these two, the fuck up and the book smart nerd. They both, like I said, grew up in the same environment, but one had the highest IQ. They went on to went on into a different direction in life and the other one went to another direction in life as as well the um the book smart nerd now he went to the best schools he got recruited he you know got the best education and you know the fuck up well you know he just kind of went into working in in manufacturing and then lost his job and he was married and that fell apart and he had a daughter and then he lost his daughter because he couldn't pay child support and he just became a complete bum that was just beaten down by life they both ended up in this game which again you wouldn't expect someone that's book smart and has the best education and had the best paying job to to end up 
in a game like this because it's for people who have would literally throw away their lives and their self-respect to to participate in this game for money they're basically saying you know by participating in this game that their life means nothing if if they don't have money and so both were motivated by love i think i'm not really sure i guess i really need to watch the series again i can't tell you which one was more selfish in their pursuit for money i think it's the book smart nerd if i really think about it but they were both willing to give their lives for it the book smart guy got into an argument with the with the fuck up on why he why he made it this far in the game and honestly i was wondering the same thing as well because i was like this dude you should have died like the first game brah <laughs> you know um but and 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 basically the the book smart guy was saying you know you're not even that intelligent so it must have been luck why you why you've gotten this far in the game which honestly it's true it has to be luck because he really isn't that smart so the fuck up responded by saying you went to an elite university for super smart people you know got a great job and was making way more money than he was and yet he is at the bottom with him in this game which you know the fuck up was kind of right like how have you you know at this point your your life has been paved for you you've been you've been on track for success this entire time so how the hell did you end up at the bottom with the rest of us like majority of the people in that room were not as intelligent and he as he was and majority of people in the room were were poor just complete poverty like at this point some of them might have wanted to end their lives at some point you know they might not even last the, the next few years and here this dude who who is so smart is in the same room as other people who have had to do unspeakable things just to survive so it kind of makes you wonder you know is iq really what's going to to benefit you in the future and as i started this podcast episode i even stated that you know you can have the highest iq you can be book smart but it doesn't mean that you're going to be successful just because you're book smart so just kind of looking at my own life and looking at people that i have met throughout my life i have to say that i have met people who are book smart like literally professional students you know who i'm talking about you can you can look around your circle or look in your past and remember meeting some of these people who are so smart but they they were literally professional students they never wanted to leave school they just kept stocking stacking up their debt i think i met this girl once and i worked in retail with she was like 75k in debt because she went to to university she got her degree she went and did her master's then she was going to do she went and did another master's and while we're there i was like oh so with two masters and a university degree what are you plan what are your plans and she was like oh i'm planning on going back to school to get another master's degree and i was like what why not just go for your phd and like do something because at this point you're sitting on two masters 75k in debt and you work in retail for minimum wage She's like, oh, I just needed to work in, you know, retail minimum wage because I needed job experience. And I said, what do you mean job experience? Like, didn't you do summer jobs like in between your semesters and your session to kind of build that that, you know, experience for your resume? And she's like, no, you know, I just really focused on being in school. And I thought, OK, OK. 
(laughs) But they missed the mark in every area in life. Keep in mind, this girl was like older than me. And for some apparent reason, she just she just didn't have it together. And the only time she excelled was in school. So she just kept going back to school. She became a professional student because that was the only area in her life that was successful. So she just kind of stuck to what she knew. And in my mind, I was like, well, why can't you just be a teacher? At least if you're a teacher, you can stay in school and be an actual professional adult rather than a professional student. But, you know, when I was saying all of this to her, it was almost like it just went out, went in one ear and went out the other. And she just kept looking around like, I, you know, like she didn't understand my logic and why you're racking up so much debt and not making any money to continue to just keep racking up how many different master's degree. And keep in mind, I even met another dude when I worked at Tim Hortons in high school. I worked at Tim Hortons. I think it was like I left... I left um, high school and I was working at McDonald's and then I also um, transitioned to um, working at like Giant Tiger and I decided to get a second job because I'm going into college and I wanted a little bit more cushion even though I had already had my savings for the first year so I didn't have to do OSAP and I didn't have to get any student loans because I already had that money. I still kind of wanted more so I ended up getting two jobs. At the Tim Hortons jobs now, I met this guy who he was like a black man and he he was basically the janitor. And one day we were just sitting down and talking and he was an older man. And I was like, you know, you, you seem like a really smart man because we were just talking about life. And he's like, you know, you're a really smart girl. He's like, where, where are you planning to do in school? I said, oh, I'm going to go to college and just learn more about, you know, business, being an entrepreneur. And he's like, oh, yes. And I said, you know, what did you study in school? And he basically started listing his seven degree. He has seven university degrees. And I'm like, why are you a janitor if you have seven degrees? And he said to me, well, I just, I like the people. I like the people that I work with. I like this job. I just, I just, I just loved being in school. And I found somewhere where I just feel more comfortable. And, and in my mind, I kept thinking, so you are like a failure to launch kind of, kind of dude. You got seven degrees and you did nothing with it. Instead, you decided to work at Tim Hortons mopping floors, cleaning bath, bathrooms and changing garbages and saying that you're happy doing that in life. And, you know, he's talking about his kids and how, you know, his kids are going off to university and he's so proud of them, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, like, did you, did you really, I hope that you encourage your kids to, to want more out of life than to just be a janitor mopping floors. And at the time I kept thinking, maybe that's not the full story. Maybe there's something else for you to choose this life because mopping floors and cleaning toilets and changing garbage really does it for you. I, I really start to question You put yourself in how much debt getting seven university degrees just to end up mopping floors. Like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. So when I look at him, I just think failure to launch. You were so happy and gung-ho being in school. And when 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 it came time for you to go out into the real world and apply yourself and find a job, you know, you you froze up. You became socially imped, basically, and and just kind of settled for the bottom, the very bottom, and you you just kind of live there, and you're happy there because I feel that 
trying to aim higher or wanting more would put too much pressure on him to to be more than just himself and i said so i guess you know you're going to retire soon kind of thing because he he was a pretty old and he was like well um i'm thinking of going back to university because guess what being a professional student was the best time of his life and he just kept going back because he loved being a professional student he felt so fulfilled in his life being a professional student and i i just looked at him and i went wow like i can't believe this I really, really cannot believe this. So in regards to those types of people, based on the two examples that I gave you, their social IQ, are it, it's just not there. It is difficult for them to grasp anything outside of a textbook. When it comes to people, intimacy, they are extremely slow. Their understanding is just, it's just not there. I could never understand how they could be so smart and be so dumb all at the same time. It took me a while to understand that there are, they are limited in their interactions with emotions and people because they were so focused on excelling in school, they made no time to learn how to work with others. The last story I told you about the dude that had seven degrees, and if, if I really think about it, even the girl that I told you that had 75K in debt just from school and how many credentials with no job experience under her belt, the one thing I kind of noticed about them was that they, they, they weren't competitive. They weren't the type of people that would go into a job and sell themselves. Like they really didn't know how to self sell themselves. It's it's almost like they were brain smart, but their self-esteem was really low. Like they did not see anything better for themselves at all. They just kind of wanted to stay in the same place all the time. And I, I just don't know if, if you know, something might have happened in their lives to make them behave this way or it's just their personality. Their personality is not to want more, to just be kind of content with the little things that they have in life and almost burying themselves in, in debt and, and nothing at all just so they can have the bragging rights of saying, I'm a professional student and I have all these degrees and these master's degrees under my belt, but I have zero work experience. And when I did find a job, it was just so much fun that I'm just going to stay here making minimum wage, you know? And I just, I, whew, my goodness, I don't even know how to continue with this podcast episode because I'm still floored even though this happened years ago. And so another thing that I noticed because they they didn't have EQ, I found myself taking more time trying to explain something more than than once for them to understand. And even then, I don't think that they truly understand what you're saying so they tend to just kind of agree that oh i understand what you're saying now after you explain it like five times and it's it's basic stuff like super basics very common sense but their eq was just not there so their level of experience in the world when it comes to relationships when it comes to emotions it just wasn't there on a conscious level it just wasn't there so they just fa- they just felt kind of stupid because they weren't getting it, even though they're not stupid. They're very intelligent people. It's just because they haven't experienced it, 
They just don't know. They don't know how to relate or to understand or comprehend something that they, they've never had experience in. Keep in mind, you don't have to be book smart to be a late bloomer. I am not book smart. And I personally think I, I have ADD because my attention span is just not there, which is why I could never be book smart. I'm more of a street smart type of girl. I would consider myself a late bloomer in some ways. I am more of an observer. I find human behavior to be fascinating and incredibly frustrating all at the same time. The only way you can keep my attention is with a good story. You will have me from beginning to end, full attention, if your story is good. I also learn so much from other people's life experience. Not very many people have that ability. This ability is not something you can learn in a book, in a textbook. I love stories. I love telling stories. It's how I learn. Textbooks are just so boring for me, I swear. In university, I think I would read one page of the textbook and I was ready for bed, even though I wasn't tired. I just could not, I, for the life of me, whoever wrote these textbooks had zero life. There was zero excitement. They could not keep me with the first paragraph, the second paragraph, they even had pictures. And I was just so bored that I, was, I would rather sleep. So I am really not a book smart type of person. And when I do do research and I learn about things, it's because I find it interesting. I have to find it interesting to, to want to learn. So I have to say that I wasn't the best in schools. I was more of a C or a B student. I mean, I was just so bored. And when I did get an A, I've, I don't even, I couldn't tell you what I did to get an A. I really couldn't tell you. Talk about the attributes that defined emotional intelligence. So there's about four. So there's self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, and also relationship management. Sounds like a lot, but let's break it down. So self-management is the ability to control impulsive feelings and behavior, manage your emotions in a healthy way, take initiative, follow through on commitments, and adapt to changing circumstances. Okay, okay, sounds good. I wonder if I would, what I would rate myself when it comes to self-management. I would give myself an eight with that. I wonder what you guys would give yourself when it comes to self-management based on what I just talked about. Self-awareness is the next one. Um, recognize your own emotions and how they affect your thought and behavior. You know your strengths and weaknesses and have self-confidence. I would rate myself as a 9 out of 1 to 10 for self-awareness. This is something that I've been working on for years. And keep in mind, I dedicated years of my life just trying to understand myself and my emotions and what it really says about me and how I handle situations. So I think I'm going to change self-management to about 9 as well because they're kind of connected. And say I, I would rate myself a 9 when it comes to these two categories. Social awareness. Okay. Empathy. You can understand the emotions, needs, and concerns of other people, pick up on emotional cues, feel comfortable socially, and recognize the power of power dynamic in a group or organization. I would give myself an 8 out of 10 
for social awareness because again I'm an observing person and I love being around people and I love learning from people I to me watching people live their life is a, is a reality show I truly enjoy it and sometimes I laugh and sometimes I cry um, with people I know but in this case I would give myself an eight because I can't say that I'm very empathetic all the time but in certain situations where things are really out of your control, I do have empathy. But if you're the type of person that likes to keep yourself in a bad situation because you love the attention that you get from it, I have zero empathy for you. You're on your own. So the last on that list of attributes is relationship management. Know how to develop and maintain good relationship, communicate clearly, yeah, communicate clearly, inspire and influence others. Work well in a, as, on a team and manage conflict. Um, based on my life span and the way that I've handled a lot of situations, I would give myself a six. Maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh on myself, but I would give myself a six just because I, I'm not proud of some of the things that I have done in the past. Do I regret them? No, because it's all about learning. It's it's a learning moment for me. And I would like to say that I have developed to become a better person. But sometimes, you know, I just don't, I just don't have, I just don't have it. I just lose it because I'm not tolerant. So let's continue. Now that you know the four attributes, I really want you to rate yourself based on these four categories. That way you know where exactly you feel that you need more work in and you can work on that on your own time and for yourself. These are the key skills for building your EQ and improving your ability to manage emotions and connect with others. Emotional intelligence affects your performance at school or work, your physical health, your mental health, your relationships, and your social intelligence. Emotion, emotional intelligence is so important that many companies now rate and employ EQ testing before hiring for important jobs. High emotional intelligence can help you to navigate these social complexities of the workplace, lead and motivate others, and excel in your career. So I guess whoever feels that they don't have emotional intelligence, my friend, it's time for you to get some so that you can be successful because you're already applying yourself you're already a hard worker the one thing that's left for you to do is get that emotional intelligence so let's get to work y'all when it comes to physical health being able to manage your emotions so you may manage your stress if you are unable to do this it can lead to serious health problems what does serious health problems mean? Or I guess, what, what is it? So uncontrollable stress raises blood pressure, suppresses the immune system, increase the risk of heart attacks, um, contributes to infertility. This I did not know. Speeds up the aging process. So I guess learning how to manage stress is really beneficial and a lot of people struggle in this category. I can say that I struggle in this category. Stress can also impact your mental health, which means you are vulnerable to anxiety and depression. This will also impact your ability to form strong relationships. This can leave you feeling lonely, isolated, and further exacerbate 
any mental health problems. While we're on the topic of relationships, by understanding your emotions and how to control them, you're better able to express how you feel and understand how others are feeling. This allows you to communicate more effectively and forge a stronger relationship, both work and in your personal life. Lastly, social intelligence enables you to recognize friends from foe. Someone actually asked me that question back in the day. He like came out of nowhere and he's like, oh, are you a friend or a foe? And I straight up said, listen, if you have to ask that question, I'm clearly a foe. So that was a a funny story, but I'm not going to get into it because it was a mess. It really was a mess. Um, Measure another person's interest in you. Reduce stress. Balance your nervous system through social communication and feel loved and happy. Now, how do we engage our EQ, so emotional intelligence? You must be able to use your emotions to make constructive decisions about your behavior. When you become overly stressed, you can lose control of your emotions and the ability to act thoughtfully and appropriately i am very guilty of that so if y'all want to judge me you can but if you're gonna say that you handle things much better than i would under stress or pressure then y'all are lying just lying to me so let's continue emotions are important are an important piece of information that tells you about yourself and others But in the face of stress that takes us out of our comfort zone, we can become overwhelmed and lose control of ourselves. With this ability to manage stress or the ability to manage stress and stay emotionally present, you can learn how to receive unsettling information without letting it override your thought and self-control. You'll be able to make choices that allows you to control your impulsive, especially your impulsive feelings and behavior, manage your emotions in a healthy way, take initiative and follow through on commitments and adapt to changing circumstances. Not everyone can say that they have the ability to do all of these things and and still come out on top. You know what I'm saying? So the next is to be mindful. So mindfulness. You know, I have a friend, Tatanisha. She's all about mindfulness. And I hope to kind of get her on this podcast in the future to kind of talk about what she has learned in regards to mindfulness. Um, but for now, I'll just touch on it for now. And then we'll, 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 we'll tackle it when we get down that road. So mindfulness is the practice of purposefully focusing your attention on the present moment and without judgment the cultivation of mindfulness has roots in buddhism but most religion includes some type of similar prayer or meditation techniques mindfulness helps shift your preoccupation with thought towards an appreciation for the moment your physical and emotional sensations and bring a large perspective on life mindfulness calms and focuses you makes you more self-aware in the process you know i have to say that i've been trying or attempting to to harness this mindfulness through meditation and kind of participating in meditation has made me realize that my brain is just all over the place and i'm really trying to like just slow it down and just focus and just be at peace in that moment just to just to clear my mind and to just 
once I have that 15 to 20 minutes of just complete peace and once I get out of it and I start getting back into work and focusing on my projects that I'll be able to accomplish a lot more because I've learned how to just be in that moment and one of the ways that you know I have been trying to practice being in the moment is by focusing on one thing at a time so rather than doing multiple tasks all the time and trying to do bits and pieces of something and bits and pieces of something over there and over there I realized that focusing on one thing actually does help me accomplish more because once I finish one project, I can move on to the next one. And that feeling of accomplishment does help my mental health because it lowers my anxiety. I'm less stressed and I accomplish a lot more and I'm just so much more happier. So in regards to mindfulness, I have been taking the precautions and the steps to help myself to to be to be just an overall better, happier individual. And so you're just going to have to find your way to get to that level with whatever you're comfortable with. But honestly, focusing on one thing at a time and living in that moment for that moment. And then once you've completed, you know, pat yourself on the back, give yourself a break, put your foot up, watch a movie, drink some wine. I don't care what you got to do to unwind and to just celebrate that one success. But taking that time to do that is a form of living in the moment. You, You know what I'm saying? So just just think about that if this is something that you know you know that you struggle with. So pay attention to how effectively you use nonverbal communication. This is this is another way to engage your EQ. This is about what you think and feel. The many muscles in the face, especially those around the eyes, nose, mouth and forehead helps you to wordlessly convey your own emotions as well as read other people's emotions and intents Um, use humor and play to relieve stress you know i i think even last night while i was writing this this actual podcast episode i decided to go on on youtube and i decided to play in the background um, some dave chappelle dave chappelle killing me softly and every single time i listen to that I just crack up laughing and dying and it just releases this chemical in my brain and my body that just makes me so happy. So I definitely understand though using humor and play to to relieve stress because it really does work. Whenever I'm overwhelmed or stressed out, watching a comedy and having a good laugh really helps me out. It really does. So to continue on that nonverbal communication... Learn to see conflict as an opportunity to grow closer to others. Conflict and disagreements are unavoidable, basically, in human relationship. Two people cannot possibly have the same needs, opinions, and expectations at all at the same time. You know what I'm trying to say, expectations at all times. At all times. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. Resolving conflicts in a healthy, constructive way can strengthen trust between people. This is something that I'm still kind of trying to learn because most of the people that I'm interacting with really are afraid of conflicts. They don't like the disagreements. They don't know how to handle when someone pe- someone just doesn't agree with them or or doesn't, you know, go with them in in that 
sense. So it becomes increasingly difficult to try to resolve the problem when the person is either brushing you off or deflecting or trying to avoid ever feeling any of the emotions that come from conflict. And I found it very hard. So yeah, <laughs> I can't say that that, you know, that specific statement on conflict and disagreement is is attainable. But in some cases, depending on who who you have in your life and who you're communicating with, it is possible. It really is. So to continue on how we can engage our eq so we're going into social awareness and i'm going to conclude the podcast episode with that so social awareness enables you to recognize and interpret the nonverbal cues others are constantly using to communicate with you these cues let you know how others are really feeling how their emotional state is changing from moment to moment and what truly important to them what is truly important to them i have been in confrontation with people where you know they're telling me that they have a problem with this and then they'll list how many different things and so it's very hard for me to keep up when it's ever changing from moment to moment because maybe that person is unaware as to what they're truly angry about And they're just jumping from one thing to one thing because they're angry and they just need to release it. So they just keep nitpicking at every single thing until until they figure it out. A lot of people out there really you could be having an argument or a conversation and because they're unable to process their feelings in that moment, it takes them some time. It takes them a few days when they think about it and they kind of process through what was being said and how they feel about it so for me i'm the type of person where i'm a quick thinker i think so fast that when i ask you a question and it causes an emotion if you can't answer it i get very frustrated i get frustrated very easily because i i'm very decisive and so when an indecisive person just doesn't know how they feel about what you're asking, they're unable, they kind of shut down and they're unable to just answer that question. They don't know what to say. At this point, they just want out of the conversation because they haven't had any time to process their feelings, process what is what is going on or what they want out of this conversation. So of course, I have to to tell myself, girl, you need to learn some patience because not everyone is quick at responding. A lot of people just don't know what they want out of life. It's not because they're bad people, it's just they just don't know. So they don't process feelings as quickly. They their thought process are are quite slow because they're not they're not used to this. They're not used to used to dealing with someone like myself who's on this level of overthinking constantly. And so it took me a while to just kind of realize that it's really difficult for for people to to navigate and to to understand their emotions as quickly. Some people take them years. You always see these situations where people are talking about how their relationship in the past didn't work and you know when the relationship was over they're saying this and this and this and that. And then few months will pass, years will pass and then you ask them again And then all of a sudden, now that they've had time to really sit on it and really look at the situation, their answer is completely different. And so that's that's where I understand social awareness. 
not everyone has the ability to just know themselves to have that identity to be like yeah this is how i'm feeling and just be able to express it sometimes they need to process through it they need to digest it they need to meditate on it they need to sit on it they need to rock on it they need to drink on it smoke some weed on it all of that stuff has to happen for them to be able to turn to you and say look this is how i feel this is this is you asked me this question this is my answer and we we just have to remember that we really do so that concludes this podcast episode thank you for supporting the orchid blooms podcast don't forget to click the follow button under orchid blooms podcast on apple google Podcasts, and spotify don't forget Podbeam as well visit our social media pages for updates on our guests per week and our guests on the youtube channel our social media pages are <laughs> I keep saying R. Facebook at The Ambitious Obsession, Instagram and Twitter at The Ambitious Obs, and of course my personal Instagram and TikTok, Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to share your favorite podcast episode with your family and your friends, and I hope you have a splendid day. Mm-hmm.